but you know, you're so used to, and, and everybody goes through different phases, like when they're in rehab. And I remember um, the first time that the light went off, and, and we'll talk more about the injury itself, but mentally um, was when I had an occupational therapist uh, kind of confront me, because I was just kind of fooling myself about what it was gonna take to rehab, right? When you first get into this and you're just telling yourself, yeah, I'll be back on the baseball field next Cause summer. Because you're, you're 16, you're invincible. You, yeah, and, and I, especially me at that time. I mean, I was the cockiest little asshole you ever met. <laughs> um, but it was humbling to have an occupational therapist tell me at one point in time, she just stopped me, um, kind of in the middle of just me lying to myself. And she said, you're not going to like me because I'm going to be the person who brings the reality of all this to you. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bass with Mark McCain. You're listening to Triumph Every Day. We discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And uh, with us today. Yes. From Smithfield, Ohio. SMD representing. I feel like we should have a little drum roll. Small town, what, 900 so, people? So, with Jameson Turok, is it like the video game? You know, I get that. I get asked that a lot. Um, they spelled it wrong. <laughs> Wait, the game or you? The game. No, they also spelled Jameson wrong with the whiskey, too. Yeah. Yeah. So Jameson with an I, Torok with an O. Drink your whiskey, hunt your dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, uh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say, well, Mark and Jameson go pretty far back, yeah? About as far back as we can go. Yeah, so I guess, how do we get here? Yeah, man. Um, I'll let you fill them in. You're a better storyteller than I am, but um, essentially I moved here to go to the University of Cincinnati. Um, wanted a change of scenery, needed a change in my life. So I actually moved to Cincinnati not knowing a single person um, beside Jameson. And we primarily knew each other through his brother. We did uh, sports and whatnot in high school together, primarily baseball. And don't give him a shout out though. We don't do no, shout out. Not to him. Yeah, I'm not going to shout him out. Anybody else but to him. Yeah. If you know him, you know why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Jameson kind of honestly, you know, uh, really helped in a lot of ways as far as just developing me as a person. Um, he he had a You're to blame. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's how I get to talk to Now, any, any <laughs> of the negative stuff, you can probably bl blame my brother. Uh, <laughs> Who definitely Man, this those. is the brother bashing episode I know, right? already. Already, yeah, already. already. But anyway, no, so yeah, so Jameson and, and uh, myself, obviously, we uh, kind of struck up a kinship once I moved to Cincinnati, and uh, he kind of took me in and um, kind of showed me the way, because again, I didn't know anyone here, so my initial months and years in Cincinnati was uh, at the University of Cincinnati through the week, and then on the weekend, I would shoot out to... Liberty Township and hang out with Jameson on the weekends. He'd let me do my laundry and stuff like that. And we'd watch football, cook out, just kind of hang out and be dudes. And uh, he was doing his nine to five and I was going through school. Yeah, two homeboys, huh? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my journey wasn't uh, all that dissimilar in the sense we came here around the same time. Uh, so we're from a small town called Smithfield, Ohio, like I said, around population, about 900, right? And, uh, it's kind of funny, small world. There was a few other folks that were out here. It's a good, Cincinnati is a good place to mm -hmm. relocate to. Um, I was in the middle of my relocation, just a little bit of background. Um, you know, I grew up kind of your regular river rat farm boy, um, you know, Rust Belt area, that type of thing. And um, playing baseball, bailing hay, chasing girls my teenage years, that type of thing. Um, now, one time when I was in, when it was about the summer of 99, I was I think it's a song. It's a song, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brian yeah. Adams wrote that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, summer in '99. I was in a car accident though, um, and I broke my neck. I'm a C5 uh, quadriplegic. Um, and during that period of time, it was kind of what was the impetus for us to come on out here, because for me to come on out here, because um, you know after rehab and everything like that. I'm sure we'll touch a little bit on that because it's kind of the everyday story, right? But, um, you know, finished high school, went to give out undergrad four year right across the river in Wheeling, West Virginia. And when you get a degree in computer science and you're rolling around in a chair and you're surrounded by steel mills, coal mines, power plants, and mountains, your best bet's to probably relocate somewhere a little flatter. <laughs> yeah. With a little more tech involved. So, 
That's actually what brought me to Anthem, um, where I work today. Uh, and that was an opportunity that I had down in the Mason area, Ohio. Um, but in the course of all that, uh, like Mark said, he, came, he had come out here. And uh, I had been able to continue my rehabilitation while I was getting my master's degree, while I was working. So very busy lifestyle in that case. Uh, but in regards to all of that, you know, it kind of all came together because, you know, Mark started pursuing this, uh, you know, athletic training passion that he had. You guys have obviously built a very successful gym out here, and um, you know I'm kind of flattered that he gives me a little bit of credit for his self growth. It's a front. It's, this place is really a front. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, they're running drugs out of the back. Yeah. But, Careful uh, now. Careful. I'd be profit. We just sell like. We're, uh, we're, yeah. we're under investigation. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, yeah, we'll release that after the audit's over. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I continued physical therapy, um, continued kind of climbing the corporate ladder, if you will, right? And um, you know, once once I got my master's and I started like, you know, just kind of getting out of the grind all the time, right? Because I was in my late twenties, trying to follow that idea that you know you're going to continue working all the whole time and everything like that, uh, put us in a situation where. You know, um, I was single. I was working all the time. Probably drinking a little bit too much. Maybe drinking way too much. Um, <laughs> but ended up finding a balance where I realized that, you know, I'm not gonna just sit here and just worry about climbing a corporate ladder when I could, you know, I've already built a pretty good network from moving around, traveling a lot for work, doing this physical rehabilitation, working in IT, and then also working in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. So through having a few mentors and a few other people that had actually, you know what I mean, given me some guidance through that way, anywhere from Washington to D.C. to Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and the West Coast, um, started building this network, understanding IT, healthcare, physical fitness, everything like that, um, all coming together. It kind of got to a point where folks said, man, you got to start sharing this, right? You've built this network, and if you don't do it, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're being selfish, right? And that was something that gave me a little bit more passion other than just kind of building out healthcare claim systems and, you know, information technology um, and gave me a little bit more opportunity to kind of spread my wings. So it was cool to kind of partner with you guys a little bit more and like build that network um, and also still kind of cover, like you said, my passion of working in that situation. I really believe that despite working for a Fortune 50 company, you know, I'm in a situation where I can go out and change lives for the better, both professionally and socially. Yeah, that's powerful. That's good stuff. I have I have lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being starting way back um, when your accident happened. You're how old were you? I was sixteen at the time. So yeah. what is that? What like? None of us really have perspective. What that's like. I mean, everyone you know has probably had maybe a broken bone or you know an accident that yeah that maybe screwed your summer up. But like, what's what's that life changing? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll share a couple parts of that story with you. Um, first of all, it's, you know, I'm coming into this. I'm, you know, kind of a pretty good baseball player. Uh, you know, like I said, it, you're a farm boy chasing girls all summer long, trying to, you know what I mean, land the hottie, everything like that. And when something like this happens, like life stops, bang, right? And you have to learn a lot about it. I mean, prior to, you know, me getting hurt, um, the closest thing I knew about a spinal cord injury was what happened to Jean-Claude Van Damme's brother in Kickboxer. Mm-hmm. And I thought everybody who had one just got you know, paralyzed from the waist down, right? So obviously I have a lot more to learn, right? There's levels, not like Avicii levels, but like spinal cord levels. That's one component of it, right? Um, but you know, you're so used to, and, and everybody goes through different phases like when they're in rehab. And I remember um, the first time that the light went off, and we'll talk more about the injury itself, but mentally um, was when I had an occupational therapist uh, kind of confront me because I was just kind of fooling myself about what it was going to take to rehab, right? Mm-hmm. When you first get into this and you're just telling yourself, yeah, I'll be back on the baseball field next Cause summer. Because you're, you're 16, you're invincible. You, yeah, and, and I, especially me at that time. I mean, I was the cockiest little asshole you ever met. <laughs> um, but it was humbling to have an occupational therapist tell me at one point in time she just stopped me. Um, kind of in the middle of just me lying to myself and she said you're not gonna like me because I'm going to be the person who brings the reality of all this to you mm, ouch and I've never respected anyone more in any single moment as I have right then mm. um, because that's kind of um, you know you and I talk a lot about self-ownership sure right and that was 
you know, everybody's going to go through drama, right? Mm -hmm. And you've probably had a million people come on this podcast and say the same thing. It's how you pick yourself back up and react to it. That's strong. You know what I mean? That makes you what you are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could say, you know, there's a bunch of different analogies. Anyone from like a DMX rap to, you know what I mean? Somebody who wrote some poetic thing out in the woods. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of accepting your reality and taking ownership, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you, you look at life coaches, anywhere from Dr. Phil to David Goggins, right? Think of it like that. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they keep saying the same thing. It's, you know, it's about self-ownership. Yes, right. you have a problem. Now you can be a victim and take it, or you can do something about it. Yeah, I think uh, Urban Meyer has the E plus R equals O event. You know, you can't necessarily control the event, which obviously the event that happened, but it's all about your response, which can obviously dictate dictate the outcome yeah so i think that's 100 percent i know what's happening there saw one today that was pretty pertinent and said you know at any point in time you can make the decision to say that this is not how the story ends you know and that's that's for so many people they just accept it like well this is just it yeah you know yeah my mother gave me a like one of those little motivational card things at one point in time you know people always have that stuff hanging over their office or in their gym or anything like that but Probably the one that meant the most to me and is most relative is that it's not the bend, the end of the road isn't the bend of the road unless you refuse to take the turn. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Right. So it's kind of like, all right, this has happened, and you know, there's all kind of stuff out there right now to help motivate you on the internet or anything. You know, Jordan Peterson always says, just take responsibility for yourself, and then you're free. And you know, that whole discipline gives you freedom mm -hmm. mantra really is there because once you just accept what you are. Mm and then you decide to take action for it, you become one of the more dangerous people in society because at that point in time, you are controlling your own destiny. Yeah. And, and you so, can stop yeah. caring about what other people are saying, what other people are doing, how they're affecting you and your... Well, you your... don't need their validation, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always going to care, right? I've had some yeah. dark moments, some tears when nobody's looking, that type of thing. Let's face it, I mean, that's, that's part of life. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the bigger part of that is like, you know, you win when you take that ownership Okay. Okay. Busted in. I told you, Jameson. You why you put that on me, son? <laughs> you get that bad juju on me, <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but anyway, little, yeah, uh, this little, minor little breezy. There. It's all right. It's okay. Not here in Florence, y'all, today. Um, <laughs> no, I. Camera. No, it's fine. All right. But um, yeah, no, it's it's like that self ownership that can make you dangerous type thing, mm -hmm. and um, once you accept that, you're basically in control of your destiny, right? I mean, like you said, you can't control the event, the response and the outcome and the opportunity and everything else that you have, right? The ownership of it all. Um, you know, and when you say like, when we said like discipline can bring you freedom and stuff like that, I mean, that that's ultimately also where it comes into because mm -hmm. you've accepted where you're at, right? And then it's more about making the most of it, right? Well, I joke about with my friends, like becoming your own Jason Momoa, mm. right? Like, here you are, this dude who, like, didn't pick to be a fish, sort of, surrounded by mermaids. Mermaids are probably the, the, I mean, you know, they're just out there, like, teasing you all the time. <laughs> I mean. Right? But you could at least, you know, you, at least now, you're making the most of being Aquaman. Right. Right. So, I'd like, like to believe that every Man, day. I watch that movie to get that I, I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> You but I hear you, brother. Um, it's all good stuff, man. And here's the thing I can say about Jameson without a shadow of a doubt. Like, dude never complains. Um, you know, and he, like I was saying a little bit in the, in the forward there almost, is dude's inspirational. I mean, for me, like, just to be around him and see just how methodical he's built his career and how successful he's become and how at no point have I ever really ever heard you complain. And Jameson, I see people walking here every day, and it's... They don't want to look themselves in the mirror and take ownership of their life is basically what you're talking about. Yeah. So I think sometimes whenever you surround yourself with, you know, maybe the network of people you're talking about, it might not always come as obvious that like, wow, not everyone operates the way I do. Or yeah, yeah. you know, so my, my methodical nature that you mentioned right there is actually quite annoying to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, now I'm a project manager by trade coming into my my professional background, um, and one person actually pointed out to me who was a close friend that. I'm good at that because at the same moment, right? When you're when you're a quad, you don't want to go to a 
the grocery store, you know, more mm -hmm. than twice a week, right? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, you can only fit so much stuff on your lap, and you're only you don't want to have to wheel back and forth, to, you know what I mean, through the mm -hmm. through the grocery store. So you try to be as a precise from a process architecture standpoint as you could ever could be. Mm -hmm. um, now that's just kind of something how it carries over in your personal life and everything like that too. Now at the same time, I drive people nuts because I'm like, why didn't you just grab yourself a water while you were in the kitchen, right? Like that type mm -hmm. of thing. Like it's. That's, that's, that leads me to like another question, and maybe you might not be able to answer this because obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know how things might have been or could have went, but how do you think something like having having this accident has, you know, changed your your basically perspective of the way you work, or do you yeah. think you would still be this type of kind of methodical person? regardless of situation. Well, I, I would say that it's changed me in many ways, and the methodical part is more out of necessity of wanting to live a more meaningful and structured life, um, because that way I get more out of it, right? Um, but to your point, right, I mean, I'll, I'll be a little bit more blunt, because you know me and I'm an open book about this, is that I might have been one of those kids who needed their ass kicked mm -hmm. prior to, you know what I mean? And it's kind of funny, because like, you look around, and you can, you can see it in a short period of time, when people are like kind of especially in young men right mm -hmm. in your your coming of age story or whatever like there's that. some point that all of us probably need good ass whooping you need to get yeah. punched in the face and if you don't the it, here's the thing if up. you don't get punched in the face a couple times i mean yeah my father's probably sat back and watched me get punched in the face a few mm -hmm. times and that's the right thing to do because if not one day you wake up and life punches you in the face mm. yeah and then you don't know how to respond right so we're talking, exactly, about, we're talking yeah. about that response. The whole millennial problem that people do. And I, you don't want to label it the millennial problem, right? But I mean, right. it is, well, the reality is. I mean, you know, it's, it's changing, right? You're, you're on the forefront of that as far as, you know, seeing how rapid technology is changing day after day. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny about that because people talk a lot about, you know, automation and everything. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that you... I don't know how much you guys follow politics or anything, and I don't want to get political as far as the zero discussion, right? But I mean, one of the things that will be a big factor, like coming into the next election they're talking about is, what do you do with jobs when automation is going to come in and take so many, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about, you know, migration or anything like that. And um, it's kind of funny, because like, if you've never had to roll up your sleeves, if you've never had to compete, mm -hmm. um, you run into a situation where, you know, you don't know how to do it when you react, because I mean, Jobs are competitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, to your point, um, you know, keeping the politics out of it, a lot of it comes down to do you want to succeed or not? And a lot of people, whether they want to admit or not, are expected, you know, well, I went, I went to this trade school, I deserve this job. And if it's, if you have more competition for it and you're not trying to be the best one there, you know, you don't deserve that job. Well, it, it, so think about that, all right? I mean, because like if you could, if you want to be a victim, because of a situation like that, you can be, right? Mm -hmm. But life's not fair. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, I think that's the part when you start talking no, about self-ownership, no. right. I mean, that get over it, right? Because yeah. you could complain about your situation, but when life's like half as fair, you have to work twice as hard. Right, right. right. and I think it's the awareness piece of like the faster you can figure that out, like life's not fair. But really like internalize that and understand what that means as, fo as, as opposed to just throwing your hands up like life's not fair. It's like, well, no, you better roll up your sleeves and get to work on yourself and develop some skills because if you don't like it's bye-bye yeah know? well i mean people love being the underdog and people mm -hmm. love like you know having a situation where you know what i mean they have to overcome something right the, the right folks do or at least successful people typically do um one thing you guys push for a lot here is that concept of like get comfortable being uncomfortable Sure. I've heard both of you say that more than once. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also something because when, when life gives you chaos and you're able to react to it, right, chaos becomes a ladder. That's a Game of Thrones line. Oh, boom. <laughs> it's kind of but, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I love that because I think Jared can probably speak to this and Chris over here too. And, you know, I've learned more about myself through fitness than I've learned through a book. You know what I mean? And it's just really like, okay, what, what are you really made of whenever you're up against the clock or you have to complete this task and you yeah. don't have anything left and it's it's you know and again some people might look at that and kind of scoff like oh what are you talking or about? they'll cur curl up in a corner yeah right, right. i mean yeah, you're gonna fold like a lawn chair or you actually got to push through and and again i'm no freaking professional person at working out or anything 
But at the same time, again, it's, it's really can rewire how you operate on LA situations. Like Jared asked the question on this podcast a lot, like how does CrossFit um, correlate to life? Yeah. And it's like, I think the most practical example I can give you is like, if I get a flat tire on my car now, it's just like, okay, well, I got about 20 minutes now to change this tire or whatever that's going to take. All right. It's not like, oh, my day's ruined and uh, yeah. I'm just going to sit here and sulk and look, throw my hands up and say, why me? It's like, no. All right. Now you've just been given a new task. You need to complete this. Yeah. And you know, pop the trunk and let's get to work. Be able to handle it. I mean, you also, yeah, there's a balance there, right? I have this joke about you know, people saying, well, you're lucky you're in this situation. Well, I'm lucky that I survived, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who was driving that car when I got hurt and um, he walked away from it, right? But then he also passed away in the military a few years later. I mean, mm-hmm. Shout out to Nate Finney. Mm-hmm. We, we're doing shout outs now. Um, but, um, you know, that's one of the things when people ask, like, you know, what, what does motivate you towards, like, you know, wanting to overcome these type of things? It's the opportunity that's there, right? It's the gratitude for having the struggle, yep. mm-hmm. right? And you talk about it with what, you know, the folks that you ask. And we're friends with a lot of the same people. And you look at, like, people who post stuff on Instagram from this gym and they say, like, you know, I'm going to continue to push myself physically and mentally. And those two go hand in hand. Yeah. Right. Right. And as soon as you are grateful for your struggle, mm-hmm. when you accept the struggle and you start to love it, you start to realize that life is going to be hard. But when you love that struggle, it's real. Now, you don't pull over on the side of the highway with a flat tire and say, man, I'm lucky the other three didn't go flat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's still not, a shitty not situation. In that moment. Not in that yeah. moment. Yeah. But it, you at least know how to handle it. Right. Right. Yep. Right. And you're allowed to have those moments of frustration. And it's, it's when you're winding down at the end of the day, when you wake up in the morning and you have those thoughts of, you know, those moments of gratitude and like, you know, thank God I'm here, you mm-hmm. know, or 100%. it can always be worse. You know, it's, we, there's a million different levels and metaphors for this, but yeah, you know, we talk about, um, with our trainers and how we want this place to be a sanctuary and how this should be the best hour of your day. And we need to make sure that we're treating all of our clients like their grandma died today, you know, cause you don't know what they're going through. And if they're, yeah. have, if they did get a flat tire in the way here, they should be able to come in and have a good hour right. and not have to think about that terrible situation they may have encountered. Right. Well, and, and you know, it, it, when you have that type of gratitude, right, it becomes a discipline. Right. We talked about right. that. And yeah. I think people get a lot of, especially because gratitude is such a big word now that people mm-hmm. try to use, mm-hmm. and you become it becomes overused to the people where people are like, like, man, I'm so grateful that you know there's a Chuck E. Cheese down the road where I can go, you know what I mean, get some pizza and play video games. Like that's not the gratitude you have. I mean, the gratitude you have is the opportunity to make yourself better, mm-hmm. right? And whether that's to come here and work out, right? I go to physical therapy once a week. I work out at home, and you know, between lifting and cardio, and then. Everything else that I have is a chance to like kind of advance myself. That's that's gratitude to be able to have that opportunity, right? And then when you're faced with that situation of do you go into, you know what I mean, the the Chipotle versus you know the McDonald's, right? It's it's a little bit easier to make that decision because you're you have gratitude for what you've been able to accomplish with yourself. Right. You're not going to throw it away. What's um, been the evolution of you know your nutrition? I know that's one of the big things. Maybe you can dive into that a little bit. As far as, um, you know, just evolution of nutrition in your life, maybe even since your accident and even recently as uh, what you're eating like these days? Well, I always tell people, first of all, when they ask that question is like, you know, eat more mushrooms. Um, (laughs) Magical. (laughs) You know, they'll help you spiritually as well. No, um, for me, actually, that's that's a part of the discipline that we've talked a little bit about in the past. And... um, I'm actually going to speak at a uh, spinal cord injury rehab uh, support group uh, later on tonight. And my, you, you eat as a necessity, not necessarily as for fun until every once in a while, you know, you get yourself a cheat or mm-hmm. a spoilage or something like that. But um, without giving, getting too detailed, and we can if you want, I mean, I would, I would say that between um, me learning to understand to like healthy foods giving me freedom in other ways, right? I, I run into a lot of people that I mentor from a spinal cord injury standpoint, mm-hmm. and they say, man, I'm just scared to go out and live my life, because what happens if, like, you know what I mean, my stomach turns on me and I have an embarrassing situation or something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, if you discipline yourself with your diet, you give yourself freedom mm-hmm. to be able to go out and, and have that good time, right? And there have been other things. I mean, you know, I, I do 
a lot of the popular stuff too that, that you know, I do the intermittent fasting. I'm big on eating fermented foods. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to have a, a discipline and a routine uh, from a nutrition standpoint when you have a spinal cord injury. Um, you know, if you don't, you put yourself in a tough situation. And that goes beyond well, the, just the, the idea of physical the results, fitness. The results are different, but that's across the board. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. you're talking very specific things, but there's you have to have, you know, discipline with your nutrition in order in order to be able yeah. to enjoy yourself in other situations you know? yeah exactly yeah i mean if you want to if you want to go to the beach and feel good about the way you look right just as a walking person you know what i mean y'all y'all ambulatory folks right <laughs> i mean you know that that's something you take into account if you have a spinal cord injury and you want to be able to enjoy that other night out what you don't want to do is just like destroy your body with you know that type of bad food and, and it can become it exacerbates itself from from a neurological standpoint because more and more research shows how much your gut health affects your brain health mm -hmm. they, right Literally today just came out in the study that uh, diet, your basically bad nutrition had killed more people in 2017 and 2018 than smoking did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, heart disease is number one. Yeah. I had a cancer. An epidemic. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, you also think about um, from a spinal cord injury standpoint, it can, it can really drive you into the ground too because you, know, you deal with spasticity, right? If you have good gut health, your spasticity is going to be better, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you, you're just going to, your mobility is, what is bad? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, I jumped into that. Uh, when you have a neurological condition, you're where I'm like, say you can't control like, you know, you're in your legs, but I'll just keep it very basic. Your legs are still going to kick on you. Right mm -hmm. now. One of the things that pharmaceutical companies will do for people with neurological industries will, um, injuries, sorry. Uh, I mean, they'll be in hallways just like personal injury lawyers mm. trying to, you know, pedal you like a baclofen pump. Baclofen's a type of uh, medicine that they use to treat spasticity. I've never taken any, I've never taken any chemicals to treat spasticity at all. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, for anybody in the neurological industry you, or uh, injury area, you can hit me up on this. I'm sure we'll, like, tag my information and everything yeah. like that because there's a lot of info on it. But effectively, spasticity is something you have to manage and deal with because it doesn't ever go away. Now you can manage that with drugs or you can manage that with healthy diet, mm -hmm. exercise. Um, there are some herbal remedies you can use as well to help out with that. But ultimately, um, you know, it's something that's there and it helps you. Now, the thing is, is there's good spasticity as well. Um, I'm going to be 20 years post injury, uh, this summer. And because of me like having good spasticity and my legs kicking and everything like that, my legs really haven't atrophied that much. So I can go around, again, discipline equals freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Wear shorts in the summertime and not have like little like bony chicken legs. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not me bragging. I'm just saying that's an opportunity yeah. because you if you're know. taking something to stop the good stuff in your body because you don't want to worry about the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with like, you know, your hip flexors getting tight. Mm -hmm. Again, mental health, right? I mean, there's more and more studies tied to that, that your ilium psoas being tight is a direct reflection of anxiety and stress. Yeah, psoas as well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got great calves, so I'll just let you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't shave them, so I only won't show them on the... Yeah, yeah I hit the tanner this week. Uh, yeah, man, that's, that's good stuff. Go ahead, Jared. I was going to say, so um, just going on with some of the again just not knowing a lot about your your particular we've known each other for some years now but i've yeah. never really sat down and talked about your particular situation um what what are some other big things you've had to overcome so you you mentioned early on uh you know it's like hey maybe i was drinking too much at one point i wasn't taking care of my diet what's what leads you to that point maybe to the, the bottom point, or right? if you want to call it a rock bottom, call it whatever you want, to a point where, hey, maybe I need to make some adjustments in my life. Um, I, I think it was, I've had a few moments in life that actually kind of helped out with that. Um, probably the most recent though, that, that to your point was, I remember um, hitting a point sometime in my late 20s. And there are specific moments that I can call out where, I had been working like 80 hours a week and just like driving myself into the ground, was not taking care of my body, um, was probably drinking too much. And I got to the point where I couldn't transfer out of my chair the way that I should have just to be able to get in bed at night, right, independently. And, you know, you find yourself, you're tired, your body's not right, you're laying on a wooden floor, right? 
just waiting until somebody can come the next morning to help you out. And when you have that night, you know what I mean? Or at least, you know, at least I had my dog to come over and lick me on the face, yeah. right? You know, and it was, it was probably, <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Husky. Um, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I, I, that's probably one of the more most recent ones where I had like a solid couple of weeks where there were a few nights where I like, I just didn't get into the bed, right? I was trying to get out of my chair. Transfer went horrible because my arms were weak. I had gained weight. I was tired. Um, I probably, like you said, I was, I might've been drunk at the time and, um, sitting there thinking like, something's, I'm better than this. Mm. I've worked way too hard to be laying on this, on this floor right now. You know what I mean? Just you about to do a double F with the floor there. Yeah. um, (laughs) But I mean, you know, and, and we talked about, you know, the coming of age type situations where as a young man, you accept who you are and you like, just make the most of yourself. Right after you have an injury and you get through your denial and everything like that, you just accept what happened to you and you make the most of it, right? Um, I had driven myself into something that I thought I'd be proud of, um, which was somebody who had made six figures before they were thirty. Uh, I had almost paid off their house, um, you know what I mean? Had a reputable reputable career, um, but how are you enjoying that when you're sleeping on a cold wood floor? Mm. Right. I mean, you put you put that much effort into it and you're just laying there on that fucking floor thinking like, how am I going to get myself back up? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I think, you know, happiness is a is a weird kind of a, a strange almost thing for people as they chase it. It's like, I thought this was happiness. I thought this would bring me, you know, happiness or whatever you are chasing is it's, it's a lot of its status, you know, like or, or whatever, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever that that version is. And um and it can go, it can go awry in things like that are thought to be good as well as like fitness, mm-hmm. right? You know, like you, yeah. you chase this like level of fitness of, oh, well, I got to, uh, you know, let's just talk CrossFit for a minute. Oh, I got to beat this person or oh, I'm, I'm going to do this in this competition or I'm going to go lift this much. And it's like, okay, you did it. No one cares still. You know, like, yeah. and the, does well, that change you, and does that actually make you happy in the same way? Like, for like most people, the easy one yeah. is money, right? Everyone yeah, knows absolutely, it. yeah. And then you have it, then you're like, what am I gonna do? Well, you know, it doesn't do you any good if you yeah. don't have any time to enjoy it, right? Or you're you're too sick to enjoy it. Well, that comes back to why you need to enjoy the journey and enjoy learn to love the struggle, right? Because mm-hmm. that's all you ever have, right? And, and to come back to that chaos is a ladder thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there is there is no goal. Right, mm-hmm. goals are horrible. The ladder, mm-hmm. right? That's all there is. It's the climb. Right. And, and once you learn to love that journey, you do that, right? Because that's why people say goals suck. Yeah. Right. How many people will tell you like goals suck because then you reach them and then you're like what? Well, that's what I, I, I've said it here a couple of times, and, and that's setting uh, preferences, not expectations. Because if you set an expectation and you miss it, you're sad that you missed it or you're depressed, you missed it. If you reach that expectation, you're not happy because it was an expectation. Yes. If you set a preference, then you can enjoy that you made that preference. If you miss it, it's yeah. not a failure, you know? That's something I've done to adjust my physical therapy as well because I go to um, therapy once a week still for two hours. And that's kind of unheard of for somebody 20 years post-injury. People love to believe that you have hit a goal to the point where you've done so much in physical therapy that you don't have to go anymore. I go now more to maintain my challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, shout out to still, Premier Physical Therapy, Blue Ash, Ohio. You're still um, working out. It's, that is you. That's you, my progression, yeah. right? And, it's, and, you know, physical therapists out there, I'll tell you, by law, you're required to go through goals with your clients, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, without trashing insurance injury, uh, injury, the insurance industry too much because I work for them, um, they want you to have goals so you can meet them and leave, mm. right? And, and then what, right? Well, yeah. my whole thing is, is that 20 years post-injury, I'm still progressing, right? Absolutely. And I think one of those things happen. you know, you want to do that because once you've stopped it, you know, you kind of hit a part of life. I mean, how many people retire and they're just like, oh, that was my life. Oh, yeah, that's like a death sentence for some people. Yeah, you know? exactly. You're, you're just sedentary. And, and we're, we're designed to work. We're designed to have, to, to right. be moving, to do things. And anyone who's been motivated enough to work hard through a retirement, when they get that, it's like, mm-hmm. now what? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, you do that. So that was kind of, you asked about like turning points and stuff like that. Um, you know, I worked hard in therapy to be able to live independently, got there. I worked hard in my career, like went and got that master's degree, the, the certifications that I got to be able to get those certain jobs, got it. And, and you know, you're just like sitting there one day on the back porch wondering like, all right, I got the degree, I live independently. I mean, I'm sure like the promotions and the money and the fame and the girls will just be coming through my door any minute. That bus is gonna pull up any second. Any second, right? There's a town. There's a town. <laughs> Man, this would be two lucky guys. But no, man, it, it, you know, so that's part of the, you know, it's kind of an interesting segue to a movie, but like that's what the movies will tell you, right? That's what everyone's best day on Instagram will tell you. Like everyone's happy. I think, yeah, we should you start, know? we should start doing it. What's your, what's your most, what's your biggest struggle day? Right? That's yeah. what, that's the one we right. should be proud of. Yeah. yeah, they should do a social platform on that like yeah. let's start let, yeah let's let's talk like, about wow, no one posts today that's weird yeah yeah no one had the no one had the humility to to post like oh i'm not perfect this right. is me without makeup on this is me without photoshop or they or if they do they it's still just about likes you know it's not yeah. actually trying to tell you know right. unfor unfortunately it's still just all all fueled well, think, by that desire to like check my phone and see those little hearts pop know, up again it's, mm -hmm. i think the studies and statistics in the future will obviously show of this like generation now coming up with Instagram and selfies and, and all this self inward kind of attention, you know, grabbing type stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I hope that it, it trends in, in, in a positive direction. It's I got think, to I think it will. Right. I, I mean, it otherwise, to. otherwise it breaks. Right. Right. And that, that's an empirical evidence just over like sociology studies. Mm -hmm. It'll tell you that, you know what I mean? Once you polarize too much of like hate right. versus love and you know what I mean? Right versus left or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately what you need to be become is, you know, become a resource, become a lexicon. That's why I'm so excited. I, I mean, and we're going to plug the Jameson project here at the end, I'm sure. But when you look at like the opportunity to be able to expose the network that you've built, right? Mm -hmm. Of people who have seen you at your best and at your worst. Right. Yeah. Um, and, the in-betweens, the beauty of, the of it all, right? right. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. because people always love to say, you know, if you can point at your struggle and look at what you've overcome, mm -hmm. that's far more valuable than where you're at, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think I think that's where, at least that's where I'd prefer, you know what I mean, when they make me the lord of the internet, um, yeah. <laughs> where social media would go, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's completely off topic. You guys remember the man show? And uh, they asked Jimmy Kimmel his first job would be if he was uh, king of the world. He said to behead the man that airbrushed the nipples out of Victoria's Secret's magazines. That yeah. That's his number one. That's completely off topic. I'm sure we'll cut that out. Yeah, or maybe I'll make it. I think you should keep it. I'll make it the, I'll make it the lead in. Uh, I want to know more about your physical therapy, what that looks like. Um, obviously, you're not, you know, you're not doing what we're doing. Yeah. But there's there's got to be crossovers and there's some sort of parallels that are drawn there. Yeah, so let, let's talk about what doesn't work or where we got to first because we have to make some mistakes to figure out kind of what worked. Um, We've could, never made one. <laughs> yeah, in the last hour. At one point, yeah. <laughs> well, at one point I like worked with you guys a little bit, minutes. and you know, Mark, you've been great as far as like kind of helping me establish kind of what works and what doesn't. Um, when I go to physical therapy now, I stop worrying about goals completely. Um, my whole thing of going to physical therapy is to be able to try things physically there where I can fail that I wouldn't safely be able to fail in another setting, like at home. What kind of, what kind of stuff are you talking about? I'm talking like maybe um, doing some leg management to get into a chair in, a, in like a transfer from like maybe an uphill or a downhill seated couch or bed or something like that. Like I travel for work. Yeah. Um, and one of my one of my passions right now is to be as independent as possible when I travel for work. I, do, I live independently now at home, but not everything. You know, when I go to Atlanta, Georgia, hey, you have your home set up for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, when I go to Atlanta, Georgia, I find myself in a hotel room with a bed twice as high, a chair I have to get down in, and then oh by the way, how am I going to get my legs back down in there? Right. Yeah. So that's one of the things that like I put goals towards with that. Now that being said. Therapy is the place where I challenge myself the most to do things I can. The things I can, I see safe for a home. 
So, and, and we can post a few pictures of like my home workout setup, right? So I do things in a rickshaw to help my transfers go better. Um, given my um, injury level, I don't really have a whole lot of tricep. And that's something, you know, again, like I didn't know about that. They didn't tell me that in the movie Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? <laughs> yeah. But that the level that I broke my neck at, right? I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I had tenodesis wrist movement. Um, I was able to get my biceps fully back and, 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 you know what I mean, my shoulders and everything like that. Um, and one of the things that I'm doing on my private site is to be able to post different rehab tactics and everything like that. But I lift three to four times a week from a weight standpoint, do cardio five times a week. Um, and I also go into therapy once a week for two hours. That's where I challenge myself to do the most. And then I also do everything we've done from a modified home gym perspective. Now, one thing that we have found in working with you guys is that, you know, maybe pulling, you know, a 25 pound, 40 pound plate behind you in a wheelchair isn't the most functional fitness mm -hmm. thing to do, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to be able to fail with those things. Yeah. Right? Um, so that, that was kind of where we're at. I mean, I, to your point, I don't do what you guys do here, but I've shown up a few times. But, the, well, so, but there's absolutely parallels because you're doing yeah. things that you're transferring to everyday life, much like we're doing. If, if you have small children and you, you need to be able to safely pick them up off the floor, you yes. know, um, or, you know, lift something up onto a shelf. There's, there's a lot of different parallels. So what you're doing is still functional for your your daily life, right? Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious because you said, so you lift three to four times a week, you do cardio five times a week. At one point you said you're working 80 hours a week. Right? Yeah, I wasn't okay. doing that then. Okay, so, yeah, so exactly. right, so what is it, what is this, what's that like for, for telling your work? Like, hey, I need this for me. Like, is yeah. that a conversation you had or is it just like, hey, I'm gonna somehow fit my work in? It, it was a conversation, um, that ultimately turned into an ultimatum that turned into kind of like this is the value that I add. Now working in information technology and also working virtually helps with that, right? Because in a lot of, like Wednesdays, I basically work West Coast hours so I can go to physical therapy in the morning. Okay. I have that advantage to be able to do that. Uh, I, I also have the opportunity to work from home uh, when I want to. So and if it's a situation where, you know what I mean, I wake up at six get that hour of cardio in before i have to you know what i mean just roll on into my office yeah. that helps out as well so i'm fortunate in that regard well, now the, i had to work to get there to get that opportunity too right i mean the reason i say that is, is again we have a lot of people that will to their detriment help their families out help their spouses their kids out it's the, it's the same on you're on an airplane you know put the mask on for yourself before helping others so many people don't do that whether they think it's being yeah. noble or whatever it is, but like you can't continue to neglect yourself for the sake of others, and because it doesn't work, well, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna break. It's like these speaking engagements that I go to, where I have the opportunity and the gratitude to be able to give um, to other people who are like newly injured spinal cord people, right? Um, now, whether they're a C three C four that's a higher injury than mine, all the way down to being a paraplegic, they're not gonna listen to me come talk to them about the importance of nutrition in, in a neurological state. Mm -hmm. If I show up overweight, mm -hmm. you know, smelling like I haven't take, been taking care of myself, that type of thing. Just lighting one cigarette with the other. Yeah. <laughs> Just showing up like, all right, here you go, dirt bags. Yeah. yeah. talk to you about some nutrition. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and that's exactly where you need to be though, right? And when you think about, you have to put yourself in a situation where you're able to, Jordan Peterson's new book, The 12 Rules of Life, mm -hmm. I think it's the second chapter where he says, like, well, why won't you take your damn pills? But it, you said, treat yourself as if someone, you, as if you are responsible for yourself, mm. right? And you have to do that. You gotta put yourself first in order to be able to help others. Otherwise, you're not gonna be any help to others, right? Yeah. And one of the things, that, that's what's even more funny about having, like living with a disability. And, and I don't even think of it like that much, but if people constantly have to take care of you, like how can you help others? Yeah, right? right. That's why you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's all. That's always crazy to us whenever we see obviously parents come in here that have three, four, or five, you know, kids, and that they're taking care of, but they're neglecting themselves. And yeah. it's like and you're I, and clearly capable of taking care of people. Mm -hmm. You just have to look inward and start with yourself. Yeah. yeah. And 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 know that it's gonna suck and it's gonna be hard. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's that's okay. And same token, like. 
it's it's fine to be scared, you know, mm-hmm. like it's fine to have fears of, like, if, yeah. of failure, but when you let those fears of failure completely rule your your decision to even attempt to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, well, you'd be sure willing you can, to uh, fail. You can comment too, James, I'm sure, on just like once you can get that momentum going, because like you said, hey, I might not have had a, um, as good of a gratitude or, or just perspective whenever I was working 80 hours a week, you know, and, and maybe my priority was chasing this thing that I thought was going to bring me happiness. The shiny object, man. Um, but now, having done that, and now where you're at today, I mean, frankly, you look great. Um, you sound, you, you seem, you seem happy. You seem happy, you seem healthy. And, and, and you know, we've, 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 I've, we've been um, in each other's life, like I said, since day one. Um, granted, we're a little further apart um, from being in Northern Kentucky, where I'm at, and you're a little north of Cincinnati. Um, so anyway... But maybe just, you know, from that, like, perspective of, hey, you know, yeah, it sucked initially or whatever, whatever, you know, don't, don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how you had to kind of overcome and once you got that ball kind of rolling, like how much uh, easier it became or not, not even that it became easy, but just more um, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel got brighter. Yeah, well, again, I mean, it's that it's that opportunity to be able to like have that type of. Um, I'm happy because I get to challenge myself, right? Yeah. And I wasn't before. I, it's kind of like that annoying asshole that you get on the elevator and you say like, "Hey, how you doing, buddy?" He's like, "Living the dream, man." Mm-hmm. Like that's everybody's like favorite response, you know, mm-hmm. like, "Living the dream." And ironically, um, saying it because you're, yeah. no one's ever like I'm truly saying that. If you're living your dream, you're not here, man. Why are you on this yeah. elevator? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think. Talking about spasticity, there's some there, um, but um, uh, when you when you talk about like living the dream or or you know what I mean like what what did you say about it like the, the idea that so basically just learning, trying, trying to frame up like your perspective on being at a point where fitness wasn't priority to now it's clearly a one of your top priorities. Well, I just feel better about myself and the way that I can represent myself. Right. Right. Confidence. Yeah, confidence, and, and that that comes with nutritional fitness as well as physical fitness, like we talked about before, right? Well, the foundation like, of any fitness, not to cut you off, is is it's got to start with the nutrition. I mean, that's that's, that's so many the, people start with the physical part. And, and, you know, people well, go yeah. into our gym and they're very intimidated because it is very open space, and they're like, "Where's the machines at? Where do I just sit down and you know push this thing up and down ten times and then take a <laughs> five minute break?" Then work that way, homie. You know, it, it doesn't. So you gotta, you know, you gotta grind through some workouts, and, and you gotta start somewhere. Um, and you know, that's the whole reason I just I'm posing this question to you because yeah, we see so many people start, and then they're just like they throw their arms up, or whatever, and it's just, you know, like oh, I got a flat tire, and I don't know how to change it. I went to college in Wheeling, West Virginia, um, mm-hmm. and if you guys have never been there. Um, it's wild it, and wonderful. It is a wild and wonderful place, West Virginia. But no, it's very hilly terrain. Um, I was the first person in any type of uh, wheelchair or any type of modified you know, mobility issue um, to go there. And I'm in a manual wheelchair in Appalachia. And Appalachia? Dependent, I call it Appalachia. Where is, is that like Louisville? It's like Louisville? Uh, Louisville? No, nah, I, I grew up, one of my best friends was named Duct Tape. They called him DT for short. <laughs> Um, that man, uh, so I, I went to college in Wheeling, West Virginia. I remember like there was, I had, I had this, I had this class. Um, what was it? I think it was macroeconomics or something like this. Great and, class. Sorry, that, was your, that was your background. Um, but in order to get into this one building, I had to park my van. At the time I was driving this full size van with a lot on it. That was an amazing it. van, by the way. Sorry. We called it the man van. It had neons. <laughs> and curtains. Ride neons and subs and curtains. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I almost died in that van numerous times, but I lived in that van. Many times. <laughs> uh, uh, that's when that's when you know you really lived when you almost died. Um, no, I, sorry, I'm getting off my topic. Anyway, I'm going into macroeconomics, man, and I I, I thought about I think of the climb and the ladder, right? Uh-huh. And um, it's the most massive ramp you've ever seen to get into a building. Yeah, and it's like a cliff. It was oh man, it was huge, and uh, I still it was called the I think it was called the, the McDonough Center, I don't know, it, the, you know it's one of those uh-huh. places that had a name out for somebody, and you get to go right next to this building, and I'm just like 
nobody even comes in or out of this door, so you better be able to make this ramp because you're in the back of the building, the only place where you can actually physically get in, and you got about, I mean, a solid 20 foot. And if you guys want to know what, like, uh, 20 foot is a big deal because you go about an inch per foot when you raise up on a ramp. So you're looking, talking about something It's probably... I can't remember. Maybe it's not 20 foot, but it was easily it was a third. A field long. It was a yeah. third to a half of a football field <laughs> long of a ramp. Oh my gosh. And, um, you know, but that was what gets you excited, man, because I'm like, I got to get to class. Like, this is going to be something that happens. All right. And this is a struggle you get over. And that you learn to love it, man. You learn to love that climb. So, like, I just remember, like, just eyeing that son of a bitch up, like, every time, like, before class, they could, like, just Here think of like climb, those, those, hot, those, hot wheels tracks, your those Hot Wheels tracks. Those Hot Wheels tracks, they have little tires that like uh-huh. shoot your car, like uh-huh. just make one of those. Just, I mean, and, and, yeah, you think about that and all of the different. So at that point in time, I could have said, man, I really need a power chair. Or I could have said, like, man, I just need to have this class in some other building, right? Or see if I can get, like, take the. No. What I got the most out of macroeconomics was not supply and demand. It was that goddamn ramp I had to push mm-hmm. up, and man, that's 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 honestly powerful, man. That's good stuff. Sorry, keep going. No, nah, I was just saying. I mean, that, that's that's the climb, man. But I, I think that that's like a great analogy for so many people's lives. It's like whenever we got into this business, like we didn't know what the hell we're doing. We still don't know what we're doing. I can tell. So certain, yeah, it's yeah, I mean, a mess. It's, 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 it is a, it's mess. a disaster. But what we've got. I'm gonna burn it down with this yeah. podcast. You in? Yeah. It's yeah. insurance money. By the way, Jameson, how would you like to invest in a small business? Um, Do you know anybody that writes life insurance trying to fake a death? But yeah, so, you know, when we got into this business, I think we originally just kind of started it as a hobby, you know, and it was just like, oh, yeah, this would be fun. And, you know, we'll get to work out. And it's like, oh, wait, we got to, like, figure out how to run a business and be make it profitable and have you know systems and we have to have an accountant and we have to do things by the book and we have to put people on w2 and we have to you know shake hands and kiss babies i remember and, that you know treat people with respect and all, all these things that were foreign to jared uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you mean like but, is this, running this thing wasn't just about working out all the time yeah I took you know, a, a people, statistics class and uh, passed with a d mm-hmm. uh with a 25 percent curve Yes. I just want to give you an idea of where I'm at when it comes to money and and math. Well, math's math's the thing uh, I like. I will say... the the people part. Mark, I'm sure you remember this. There's a a point we're sitting down. Was it Score? Mm Mm-hmm. And that... Small Business Association. That dude with the giant eyebrows. Mm Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Remember that guy? Remember how positive he was about everything? Oh, yeah. He was... This guy was just... I mean, just retired accountant. But, I mean, also told it like it was. Probably needed to hear it. But at the same time, he's sitting there. He's like... He's like... This place won't last. It's not profitable. Yeah. You know, and it's like, God. That was, that was four years ago. Yeah. You know? you know, but at the same time, like, he was, there, yeah. was, there was truth to that. Like, we, we weren't. Right. <laughs> you know? know, it was, it just wasn't, it, it didn't make financial sense to keep going, but this, the fact that, like, we were okay with basically eating shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still eating it. We're still eating it. You know, it's not like we're rolling around in money. We're definitely still eating, eating crow, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's like it was, we, we needed to hear it, but it was also very much like a gut check of like, wow, like, no, we need to actually learn how to run a business. Well, yeah. I think it also gut checked us into like, do we actually want to do this? You know, because, you know, we both have college degrees, you know, and Jared is an amazing uh, graphic designer. You know, he could go get a job tomorrow. But you know what? We've both been in that world. And, and again, you've obviously lived in that world and you've seen the ups and downs of 80 hour weeks versus maybe a little more work-life balance. And um, we wanted to be able to, you know, pay, work for ourselves. And it's kind of that, that, that adage, like you're either working for yourself or you're working for someone else. Yeah. You know, as far as making money for yourself, makes sense, you know. And personally, you know, it's always cheesy every time we say it, but we genuinely like helping people. Like we, we love when yeah. we see people get it. You know, we've had a client lose over a hundred pounds now and like different people like have different goals. I'd much rather see that hundred pound milestone than someone, you know, deadlifting a 500 pounds. Well, it's like you guys are learning to love the struggle, right? Yeah. When you do this it's, type of thing. It's cause, the journey. It's because that, yeah, I mean, you, to your point, you haven't established that, that fifth gym yet. And then you haven't, you know what I mean? You guys have goals and stuff like that. And 
Not that I came out here to kiss your ass, but I tell friends. You can. But, um, no, stop it. We're still recording. Anyway, I tell friends all the time. Like Mark <laughs> McCain. Mark McCain is going to be one of the most successful people you've ever met, and they don't know you. I'd say the same no, stuff right. because that. Yeah, like it's mostly guy. Jared. I'm on. Yeah, on but and it's because you guys are doing this for the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember when you told me you uh, traded in your car to buy a worse car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the Bentley? And I was like, I don't think it's supposed to work that way. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, you know, it, that, that's the whole idea of, you know what I mean, what sacrificing What sacrifices are you going to make to make things work for your, you know, so that you can keep doing what you're doing? You know, because, again, we are seeing upticks here and there, but they're upticks in the right, for the right reasons, in the right places. And I truly believe it's because we've, you know, we've led with, with again gratitude is gratitude is one of those words just like integrity gets thrown around a lot but like we are when we sit down and we make a decision you know it's does this help our people or does it just help to help everyone or does it help a small a small percentage or does it just help market sacrifice with intent right it's a marathon though you know it's one of those things where people like grow out their eyebrows and they say i'm raising awareness or like you know what I mean? I haven't gotten my hair cut in two months to raise awareness. Awareness for what? Yeah. Like, I'm aware that you look awful. Yeah, I haven't showered in three weeks to raise awareness. <laughs> but no, I mean that's not a sacrifice with intent. That's a sacrifice with you know consequences. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and prayers. That's my favorite. One. Yeah, that was bad, man. Yeah. I can't stand it. Uh, uh, we are getting what, up. What else, Jameson? I do want to talk about Jameson Project. Yeah. How do we? How did? How do you parlay? going from 80 hours a week to taking care of yourself to helping others. Well, I mean, I think part of that is the journey that I've been on. And, and what I don't want the Jameson Project, ironically enough, my name's in it, but to be, <laughs> just about, to be about me, right? I mean, the idea is that I've had this opportunity um, to build this network of people through my experience with technology, my experience with healthcare, my experience with rehab. You know, that's kind of the trifecta there. Now, if, if you can move that into something where I have a network of people that can help each other out. Mm-hmm. It stops being one of those blog posts about like, look what I got to do today. And it becomes, starts being more of a reference, an encyclopedia, right? A lexicon that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to be able to have podcasts like this, to be able to provide tutorials, to be able to provide product reviews, um, or, or just tips and tricks from people who have been in certain situ- similar situations. Basically being your support group that can be there in a virtual sense, but also be strength by community, right? That's why, that's why our three words are strength, community, progress, right? That's kind of our biggest thing is that you have an opportunity here to take advantage of something that you know, we've built. Um, and I want to I give that to somebody else who might have had to go through the same. I want to give that to the next 16-year-old that finds themselves in a situation where, you know what I mean, they've mm-hmm. broken their neck, their life sucks, and now they have to make that climb, mm-hmm. right? Put make it there that, for make them. Make that climb. You're, you're, the, uh, you're the Sherpa, so to speak, helping them with the I am the Sherpa. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and it's, like, like I said, it doesn't want to need to be all a, about me. Can make a T-shirt? I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing, I mean, I'm interviewing this guy... Who, who's my tattoo artist because I, I can't wait to get him on to talk about what it's like to overcome a drug addiction when you're trying to run a business and your partner is in the next room shooting up heroin. Mm. Um, but at the same time, he's got his own climb, mm. right? Mm. Like there's something by listening to this cat story that, you know what I mean, people are going to be able to grow from. Yeah. yeah I think it's, uh, sorry, uh, what was I going to say about the mountain? Uh, once you've, you know, you referenced the climb a couple of times. It's like once you get to that peak of that mountain, it's time to find a new mountain, right? Yeah. Because we've, we've referenced that before. And that's, I think anyone that's not on their, their journey, they're probably at their bottom or they haven't like discovered what they need to be maybe um, yeah, purposeful in their life. Well, know? I mean, and we talked about it at the very beginning. Maybe this is the best way to bring us full circle, right? Is the idea that you have this journey, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be grateful for it. And if you're not if you're not climbing, you're at you know what I mean. If you're not mm-hmm. if you're not on the journey, you're at the bottom. Oh, yeah, because yeah. when they say like what may, motivates you, well, the idea is that if I didn't have to overcome you know certain struggles day to day, and this is anybody, this isn't mm-hmm. just me yeah. because I broke my neck. It's that you'd be doing nothing with it, mm-hmm. right? You'd be doing nothing with this gift that you have that is your day to day struggle. And that I, I remember that because I think about the cat who was driving when I got hurt, 
right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to worry about how he's going to transfer into his chair the next morning. Because guess what? He doesn't have a chair. He's not there, mm -hmm. right? Well, I have a friend who just had her husband passed. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a very unfortunate situation. Shout out to Emily. Uh, but, you know, here's a guy who's a really good dude. Um, has probably some of his own struggles in life. You know what I mean? He had traveled all the way from Croatia to be with the woman that he loved. Mm. And, you know, I got to be grateful for the struggle. Emily's going to be grateful for her struggle. And I know she will because she's strong about it. Mm, very strong. Because guess what? That dude doesn't have that struggle the next morning. But she does. Yeah. And she's going to have to overcome that. And anybody who's in rehab has their own struggle. And it doesn't have to be physical rehab. It could be drug rehab. It could be depression. It could be anything like that. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen the Jocko uh, video of the good? And he talks about just like, oh, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I have elevated heart rate right now and I can barely breathe. Like, good. good. Yeah, that's his like, response to everything yeah, is good. Man, that dude, I love it. I love hearing it's stories awesome. about when he's like yeah, in Afghanistan and like, by the way, the enemy's, the enemy's flanked us and we're out of ammunition. He's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's being that kind of yes person, you know, when in small mm -hmm. situations. You know, um, just, you know, it's like it, within reason, obviously, yeah. but, but it's one of those things where just when you are taking the opportunities and saying yes to more things than no, you're going to be opening her up. And the reason people say no is because they don't want to open themselves up to failure. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you know, open yourself up to that, failure more and I guarantee you you're going to come out on top. Yeah. The Alchemist is one of my favorite books because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's all about a mentality of what you're going to take to fulfill your own destiny. Mm -hmm. um, and you know the guy gets robbed and he's, he just says good well he doesn't really say it like that but he could <laughs> he could have easily turned his ass around and been like man I got robbed I want to go back to Spain anything like that you know what I mean it's, but he didn't he said good I'm going to use this as fuel to fulfill my destiny I'm not going to let it bring me down right making the best out of a bad situation so where um, as we wrap things up where does everybody find you yeah um, you can google me Jameson Torok or the Jameson Project uh, our biggest platform right now on social is Facebook just because of the way that we network and share uh, between you know videos, tips, tutorials. Uh, and then we do have a YouTube channel. Um, you just type in the, the Jameson Project on YouTube uh, and you'll find that as well. Uh, we're going to do podcasts with people who um, have been through similar situations and struggles. Uh, we're we're going to do podcasts with pretty much anybody who's got a good story. Um, and then we also have tutorials as far as folks who need to get through certain things. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a spinal cord injury. It could be, you know what I mean? What, you know, how do you handle nutrition or anything like that? Uh, or just adaptive equipment um, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And then um, every once in a while we have a pretty good mental clarity, spiritual message. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to become the Aubrey Marcus of the spinal cord injury uh, area, mm -hmm. but I think that that's got the right intent when you look at like kind of the, the way that they built that type of model. I started to get, uh, heard a good sound bite by him the other day. It's, Something in regards to peace, um, you know, because we talked about happiness. He's like, I'm not after happiness, I'm after peace. And he said, peace yeah. is whenever I can stop seeking the world's validation, anyone in the world's validation. You know, whenever, you know, we've all been around that guy that's like, man, that dude's so cool. Like, I really wish, like, he would, like, call me and, you know, come in. It's like, no, you don't. Like, again, you don't need anyone's. What? Well, yeah, not to bring us back down that rabbit hole, but, you know, validation is the parallel to goals, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And peace is the parallel to the journey. Well, how many people, you know, I, I know uh, we are obviously in this world of CrossFit, but, you know, so we pay attention a little more to their champions, so to say, but you've heard pretty much every CrossFit Games champion. It's like once they stand on the podium, they're already thinking about training next year. It's not like I've made it. It's like, oh, shit, now i got to start training again. Yeah, so it's, a, it's almost like an empty feeling inside you. It's very fleeting. It's like for five minutes, I'm the champion. And then, oh, yeah, we got to, you know, Michael Jordan was that way. Anytime that he would win, you know, yeah. he'd be like, all right, hey, uh, you know, Tim Grover is trainer. He's one of the best trainers in the world. Very motivational type guy, super smart. Um, good follow on Instagram. And uh, yeah, he's now just really unveiling because he trains uh, Kobe. D Wade and Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that interview. Yeah, there's so. a there's a good there's actually it's actually a commercial, but uh, it's uh, Emmett Smith from years ago. Mm -hmm. He's just bench pressing, and he's like, he's like, he told me I need to rest after we, you know, won mm -hmm. the uh, Super Bowl. 
And he's like, back to bench pressing. And it's yeah. just like, but, that long. Yeah, yeah, it's like that people who say like, yeah, I just want to sit on the beach and have drinks, you know what I mean? And that, that's where I find my peace. That's not where you find your peace, dude. Right. I mean, how long does that last? Right. Right? Eventually, you're sunburnt and hungover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it, man. Um, we always like to end, uh, if you've listened to a couple of these, just a very simple question of just uh, what is your definition of success? Uh, I would say my definition of success is just like, to your point, peace, right? Mm-hmm. Like, learning to love the struggle and like basically facing that, right? Um, so I, I would say, you know, success is when you found a rhythm mm-hmm. in becoming better without ever having to say like, you know what I mean? I've hit or I've missed. Mm-hmm. Love it, man. Uh, make sure you guys check out Jameson uh, on James Project. Google him. Uh, look him up on Facebook. Check out the YouTube channel. TheJamesonProject.com. You can find the him there, too. Jameson Project. Love it. Uh, thank you all for listening to Triumph every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Find us at TriumphStrength.net, on Instagram at TriumphStrength, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash TriumphStrength. See you guys next week. Thanks.